October 19th, 2023. We're in Masechet Beza on Daf Kafhet Amud Aleph, and uh, we're on the eighth line from the top. The second word on the line where it goes, Rabihiya, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi. Before we read that, let's just, because we did read and learn a little bit of this ahead, we did notice yesterday, Jeffrey pointed out, that much, if not all of the cases that we've been addressing, both in the Mishnah and in the Gemara, with regards to weighing or scaling and taking the measurements of things, has been specifically in the context of commercial activity. You're buying it from a butcher, you're dealing with it in the marketplace. And as a result, the question was, or perhaps is, whether this uh, this weekday activity, which ultimately speaking was what underlies the issue of the hachamim when they're talking about weighing, scaling, and measuring on Shabbat or Yom Tov, should apply in a domestic uh, uh, circumstance. If I'm in my home and I just need to do it in order to bake a cake on Yom Tov, if I need to do it in order to at the table for the seder to determine what the uh, kazayit is appropriately. In those circumstances, maybe our Gemara implicitly is permitting. In other words, the Gemara is only saying there's a problem of ovadin de hol, of weekday activity, when I'm doing it in a weekday fashion. You're going to call it a weekday fashion when I'm doing it in my home? That's a preparation of food. That's a preparation of whatever it is in a way that you can't and shouldn't be saying per se that it's inappropriate in truth Rashba, in his commentary to the Gemara, Rashba is a rabbi who lived in Barcelona some 800 or so years ago. In his Chidusheh uh, Rashba, right here at Masech Betzan, Dafkaf Chet, he makes such a claim initially. He says, Ve'efshar li lomar, he says, it would appear to me to say, or it's possible for me to say, Delo asru lishkol ela belokeach minatabach. It's specifically forbidden to weigh, to scale, when you're buying from the tabach. Remember, tabach is the butcher. Or alternatively, when you're dealing with partners who are separating, who are, proportion, who are proportionately taking their parts. Like that story that we're going to read in a moment and we addressed yesterday, when they were deciding What's the right amount of meat? You take the same amount as me. In those circumstances, that appears to be inappropriate for Shabbat, wrongful for Yom Tov. That's a weekday activity. But if you're doing it within your home, on Yom Tov to determine how much you're going to cook. It should be mutar because that's what a person does in their home. He goes on his quotes from Talmud Yerushalmi, which seems clear to permit that sort of activity in the home. That's the initial trajectory and, and flavor of Rashba, that it should be permitted in your home. He concludes, however, by citing a Gemara, which we'll get up to in not too long, hopefully, on Daf Kaftet. The Gemara over there records a mahluk between Rav and Shimuel, and we ultimately speaking choose the opinion of Shimuel la halakha, with regards to a woman weighing or scaling, uh, determining the measurement of flour that she's going to use for, cook, for baking. That seems very clear to be domestically charged. It's a situation which is not about selling or buying, it's rather in the home, says Rashbai. Therefore, take back everything I said. He says, it's true, Talmud Yerushalmi appears to permit, 
it's right that this sugya and kafhet seems permitting with regards to the measurements in the home. He says, but the Gemara is going to be posek halacha like Shemuel. If that's going to be our mainstream opinion, ultimately speaking, it'll be prohibited under all circumstances to scale, weigh, or measure on Shabbat or Yom Tov. Tur in Siman Tafkov first cites this Rashba, and then indeed is posek halacha that way as is Shohan Aruch, which means to say, to distinguish, although it appeared properly, as Jeffrey pointed out yesterday, from our sugya as if we should be permitting in the home, as if it's only a marketplace activity or a commercial activity which is prohibited, we don't go that way. Which of course prompted the question in turn for those who do or have seen or have heard about how at Leil Seder, many people will measure in one way or another the right amount of karpas or of maror or of masa, whatever it is that they're eating. How is that or is that permitted? So the answer to that comes from a Gemaran Masechet Shabbat question. In Masechet Shabbat, and ultimately speaking, Nifsak in Shulchan Aruch here in Siman Shinvav. In Ora Hayim Siman Shinvav, he's citing from the Gemara, and, uh, and the poskim says, Mutar limdod b'shabbat medida shel mitzvah. It's permitted on Shabbat, although generally prohibited to do medida. Limdod means to determine the weight, the scale, the measurement. Uh, for mitzvah, it's permitted. What's the example of mitzvah? Kigod limdod im yesh mikveh arba'im se'ah. For example, to determine whether there's the proper amount of water in the mikveh. In any circumstance where we're dealing with, where we're dealing with a mitzvah, it's permitted. It's for that reason that Chacham Ovadia Yosef disagrees with other poskim who forbade on Leil Seder to do the scaling and weighing. It's cited in his Teshubah, it's cited over here on the side of the page as well. He writes, for example, in Chazon Ovadia, in Chalek Vav of Hilchot Shabbat, number one, he says on page Kafav, Asur Lishkol Migdanot Ma'achal Even in your home, Lahalacha, you're not allowed to be determining the right weight. But I just want to know how much to put in, how much to put on the table. Asur. Even if it's a small way, uh, scale or weights. We read that you can do it bishinur. That's right. If you do it with a full, no, 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 no. One second. But we were posek like hachamim that it was asur kol ikar. You can't even do a bishinur. You can't even store on it. Right. You can't even put it on it so that the rodents don't get to it. You're not allowed to be touching it at all. Oh, if it's an estimate, it's permitted. That's the way we do permit. We say to, you know, in other words, if you're putting, um, for example, if you're, uh, the way it came up in my life, a baby formula, so you eyeball it. You do it basically. Instead of doing the exact amount, you do it. Not shinui per se, but you're not doing it precisely. You can't, you could, cannot and should not put it up to exactly four ounces while looking at that line and making certain it's like. Can you make a claim though? Can you uh, that's what I think about. Yeah. Our Gemara, our Mishnah is talking about such circumstances, Joe. We're talking about Malech Tov Nefesh. I want meat for Yom Tov. I want to deal with all. I gotcha, but there's a way to do it right and there's a way to do it wrong. Then everything should be permitted on Yom Tov. If I'm doing it on Yom Tov, I'm doing it for Yom Tov. So, anything you do on Yom Tov, so, so women are not allowed to measure. 
forgot what you're saying, Joe, but I'm telling you, we've been dealing with the whole Masechet of that, and it's been saying there are ways to do it and wrong ways to do it. What's that? You can't measure. They can't do precise measurements. Right, right, right. You're, you're wondering why you come over with my, our food always tastes right. You can't either determine the right amount of wine or of oil. But if you're doing it, in order to perform mitzvah, it's permitted. What's his example? Kigon, he doesn't say the mikveh. Where Shohan Aruch only mentioned the mikveh for one reason or another, and the poskim debate and deliberate about whether it's going to be permitted at Leil Seder, Chacham Vadya Yosef explicitly here and in Shailot Tushbot Yehavedat, I think in Chaleke permits doing so. What's he basing himself on? Not our Gemara, not the, not the beginning of the Rashba, that if it's in your home it's permitted, but rather explicitly and specifically because it's for mitzvah. For mitzvah, even though it might seem like Ovadin the Hol, the Chachamim wave. Not any mitzvah because you're not allowed to. Wait, you're preparing a mitzvah for some other time? Someone's going into the a woman's going to the mikveh on the, on the night, let's say. I mean, I imagine you wouldn't be able to do it just heck, yeah, I'm preparing for mitzvah down the line. So it's going to be performed then. Kazayit is the example. That's the example. All right, says the Gemara, let's continue here. Eight lines from the top. Uh, so this is a brief story. We read the beginning uh, of it yesterday. Eight lines from the top. Second word in the line. Shoklin. Say it again. Shohan Aruch and Siman Shin Vav wrote that for mitzvah it's permitted. Chacham Vadya Yosef applied that to matzah. Shohan Aruch only gave the example of mikveh for one reason or another. Chacham Vadya Yosef extends to matzah. Rabbi Chayav Rabbi Shimon Rabbi Shoklin Mana Keneged Mana Biyom Tov. What these two rabbis would do, Rabbi Chayav Rabbi Shimon Rabbi. They would be shokel, they would weigh meat, but not meat vis-a-vis its weight compared to a weight or compared to a item, but rather weight compared to weight. They wanted to separate equally the por- their portions of meat, so they would put meat on one side and meat on the other side, so that they walked away with the same amount of meat. Keman says the Gemara, according to whose opinion? How is it permitted for them to do that? Look, Rabbi Yehuda, look, Rabbanan. That would accord with neither the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, who was more lenient than our Mishnah, but still not this lenient, nor like Hachamim, Rabbanan, our Mishnah, who are altogether stringent. How so? Ikr Rabbi Yehuda, ha'amar shokel adam basar keneged hakeli, o keneged hakupitz. Keneged hakeli in, keneged mide aharini, aharina lo. It says the Gemara, it can't work with Rabbi Yudah. Rabbi Yudah was explicit, he was very careful in saying, the only circumstances where you're allowed to weigh on Yom Tob. And what was that? Oh, if it's keneged, if what's on the other side of the scale is kupitz, is a cleaver, is a utensil. Those sorts of items you could use, that's a shinui, that's just not the regular activity and way. As a result, then and only then is it permitted, as opposed to meat 
vis-a-vis meat. One second, one second. As opposed to meat vis-a-vis meat, in that circumstance, I'm dealing with something which is not a shinoi. What's that, John? That's not a shinoi. Muta. It's not a normal way of doing it. That's not a way of doing it. It's not about the exact. It's about shinui. And so as a result, says the Gemara, if you're going to be dividing meat, prohibited. It's not a shinui. A shinui is only if you're putting something that's not normal. When you want to divide meat amongst two people, amongst two tafin, partners of some sort, that's the way you would do it. Ikra banan, if it's going to be found the opinion of hachamim, well, that's certainly not so. Ha'amre en mashkichin bekaf of mosnaim kolikar. Didn't the hachamim tell us you're not allowed to use the weights, the scales, at all, which we qualified and explained in the Gemara, meant even if you're storing the meat on the scale, you're just placing it on it so that the rodents don't get to it, so certainly you can't put meat on one side and meat on the other side, can't be touching, can't be going near these weights and scales. Says the Gemara, in who, that means they, meaning Rabihiya and Bishimon Birbi, De'avud, they were doing, they were following the opinion, Kirbi Yoshua, like the opinion of Rabbi Yoshua, Ditanya. We have an explicit beraita which disagrees with the two opinions in our Mishnah. Two opinions in our Mishnah were lenient and more stringent. This will be most most lenient. Rabbi Yoshua Omer, Shoklin mana keneged mana beyom tov. As Charlie claimed, Rabbi Yoshua says, and that is that basar keneged basar is apparently enough different, enough not a weekday activity to consider it mutar as a result on Yom Tov. You're allowed to place meat on one side, meat on the other side in order to determine that they are the same measurement. In by so doing, you're not measuring per se, you're just determining the equivalence of the weight of the two. That's permitted according to Bioshua. Says Gemara, must have been following his opinion. Hold up a second. As we mentioned yesterday, it's a little bit odd. You have two opinions in the Mishnah. You found an alternative opinion in the Beraita. Oh, we're going to go with that one. I mean, come on. Why would you do so? The Mishnah we know is finely crafted. You took the opinions that belonged in the Mishnah, so to speak, Rabbi Uda Nasi, and left the other opinions out. That's the whole concept of our Mishnayot and Beraitot. Mishnah is was what was chosen to be taught. Beraita is taught, but it's not the chosen passages. That's its language. Bariyata is the real the real pronunciation. Bar means outside. It's left out of the Mishnayot. You're telling me to be Hiya and be Shimon be. We're aware that the Mishnah has two opinions. The Beraita has an alternative opinion, and they shopped around for a kula. They said, oh, we must go like that alternative. That's not a mainstream opinion. How could they go like that? Says the Gemara, I'll tell you why it seems that the opinion of Rabbi Yoshua is not only okay, but it's mainstreamed. How so? Amar of Yosef. They determined, and he's determining, because we have a Mishnah Masechet Bechorot of all places. Nothing to do with our laws, nothing to do with Yom Tov or Shabbat, having to do with the Halachot of Bechor, of firstborn animals. Kavate means like him, like his opinion. So we have a Mishnah, that's Tenan, a Mishnah in Masechet Bechorot, which accords with Rabbi Yoshua. If I'm able to pick up on that and notice that, I say, well, our Mishnah has the opinion of Rabbi Udan Chachamim. That Mishnah has Rabbi Yoshua, and it's not only Rabbi Yoshua, it seems to be the Stam Mishnah. It's the Mishnah that doesn't even mention names. Oh, that's going to be a primary, an anonymously written Mishnah means we're telling you halachas like that. What does it say over there that's relevant to us? 
דת דת דת, ושוקלין מנה כנגד מנה בבכור. למשנה, although it's not fully fleshed out in front of us over here, distinguishes between the way to sell blemished פסולי המוקדשים, which means מוקדשים מלשון הקדש and קדוש, items, animals which are sanctified for the מקדש but become פסול, become blemished, and as a result you can make a פדיון, you can redeem them and then do what you want with the meat, salad, etc. That's on the one hand, and that's in contrast to בכור, בכור which gets a מום, which becomes blemished, we've talked a lot about this until now, no such thing as redeeming it. It now can be eaten. It maintains a certain sanctity, as we mentioned yesterday. You're not allowed to shear it. You're not allowed to work with it. There's no redeeming it. Well, that means that the sanctity of the Bechor is maintained to a large extent in a greater way than the sanctity of the animal, which has a mum, and you redeemed it. There is no redemption when it comes to the Bechor. Yes? So that's the words of the Mishnah then. Pesuleha muktashin hanna'atan lehekdesh. Once I have the, this animal, and this animal is blemished, and this animal was going to be brought as a sacrifice, by redeeming it and now selling it, whatever I get for that sale, whatever I know I can get for that sale, will raise my redemption price. It means the money that I'll get for selling this in the marketplace, that I'm evaluating and knowing I'm going to get, the more it is, better it is for the mikdash, the more money they make, because I have to redeem it and give that money to them. As a result, the halakha is redeem it and do what you need with it. Go out and knock yourself out, make a million dollars off of it in the marketplace. No need to be specifically careful in terms of the sanctity, because ultimately speaking, you're working for the work of God, so to speak. You're working to get more money, to bring it to the mikdash. It doesn't have a kedusha attached to it any longer. Go out, chop it up and sell it. Scale it, weigh it, make certain you make a lot of money. That's on the one hand. That's in contrast to the chol. What do you mean? The money you're saying would be not even the transaction. It was just that it had to be done something else that had to be done with it. You know, we could learn Masechim Me'ilah, we could learn all these sorts of halachot. Separate question. There are laws and, and, and issues with regards to all such matters. In other words, what Jared's wondering is, what if you lost that money that you redeemed with it, etc.? Okay, you'll have to deal with it. And there are ways and guidelines for all that. What's that? That's Psuleha Muktashin. Right? Bechor is in contrast. Bechor maintains a certain Kedushah. After all, you're not allowed to share it, you're not allowed to work with it. Bechor, there's no redemption. Bechor is going in my belly. Or the Kohans. It maintains a certain. Even though it has a moon. You're only allowed to eat from it. Yeah. See, it has a certain kiddushah. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm not allowed to sell it. It doesn't mean I'm not allowed to slaughter it. But as a result, you have to treat it in a more sanctified fashion. As a result, we say that your sale, eh, it's kind of for yourself. It's kind of for the person who's buying it for you, from you. The hana'ah, the that's the word, the benefit of getting more money, isn't going to the mikdash any longer. That's just not the way it's working. And therefore, the halakha is... No, there's no redemption on Bechor. It has a moon. Fadal, Sahtem. Sahtem, that's right. So, so the halakha in turn is you can't just go out and scale and weigh and measure and sell in the marketplace. You're not mochir bi'itliz, is the words over there, in the regular fashion. But, and here's the final line that's most significant for us, I'll tell you what is okay. 
it's okay v'shoklin mana k'neged mana bebechor. If you need to scale and weigh with regards to the bechor, you want to sell it to you, Abi. You want to buy it from me? I'll say, Abi, I can't. I, you need three pounds. I can't. Bring me three pounds of your meat. We'll put your meat on one side, and we'll put the meat of the bechor on the other side, and we'll just see that it's equivalent. That we could do. That's respectful enough. I'm not, so to speak, manhandling the meat. I'm not using. We're not on Yom Tov. Bechor. Regular, regular, bechor, yeah. Because the fact that I need to treat the bechor with a certain sanctity in a way that's not regular meat, we are at this point assuming is equivalent, is the same as the sanctity of action on Yom Tov. The Gemara will in very quick motion dismiss this as you're suggesting. Two different ideas, two different entities and concepts. But at this point, that's the assumption of the Gemara. Again, the Gemara's assumption goes like this. If over there, by Bechor, where you need to treat the meat in a more sanctified way, not in a regular weekday activity, so to speak, way, and nonetheless, we allow for you to scale mana keneged mana, those are the words, a piece of meat, to scale it and weigh it against a piece of meat, it must be that on Yom Tob as well, that's permitted. Amale Abaye, Abaye responds to Rav Yosef and says, that's where you derived halacha kirbi Yoshua? That's not talking about Yom Tov, not Same about Shabbat. The, the weighing mechanism, because before is form of Kiddushah, will be applied to Yom Tov. Exactly. Just a mechanism. Exactly. Yes. You're allowed to sell it? No, no, no trading. Not allowed to shear it or work with it. The person you're selling to from Shir, yeah, so you, Here are the laws. Now go knock yourself. What are the conditions of selling it? I mean, you're selling it anyway. You put, the way we're describing over here, you already slaughtered it. So he's not, he's not shearing, or I don't think, right. or working with it. Um, but yes, Jesse, that's the, the concept. The concept underlying this is these are two situations where the Torah mandates an elevated status, a Kiddushah status, Yom Tob and Bechor. And as a result, the rabbis determined using it and scaling it and weighing it in the regular fashion is inappropriate. And we do know that by Bechor, however, if you scale a piece of meat to a piece of meat, it's permitted. It's, oh, it's permitted over there. It's probably permitted by Yom Tov as well. Says Abaye, what are you talking about? Rav Yosef, you're mixing. Yeah, I know they're both Kiddushah. Yeah, they're both scaling and weighing, but they're different. We can make distinctions. Amale Abaye Vidilma. Dilma means maybe. Lohi. Perhaps it's not so. Perhaps the, that statement in the Mishnah Masech Bechorot has no relevance. It's not in any way parallel to our conversation by Yom Tov. Ad kan lo kamar hacha. Perhaps Rabbi Yoshua in our context hacha means here by Yom Tov. Uh, he said his statement that you're allowed to be shokel mana keneged mana ela deleka bizayon kodashim. Oh, we're not dealing with an item which is kodesh. I mean, what are you doing on Yom Tov? You're taking meat and you're scaling and weighing it against meat. Neither one of them was Kodesh. It's a question of the sanctity of the day. Maybe Rabbi Yoshua says, with regards to sanctity of the day, you put meat on one side, meat on the other side, it's not an inappropriate activity for the day. Are you treating the meat properly? Oh, who cares? The meat doesn't have any sanctity. But there, by Bechor, Bizayon means to treat wrongfully, means a shameful manner. Uh, maybe over there, law. Maybe over there, Rabbi Yoshua would agree. You can't just throw meat onto a scale, you're dealing with Kiddushah meat, you can't just handle it that way. But what about on Yom Tov? Yom Tov was about the day, it wasn't about the meat. The activity per se for the day is not transgressing. But with regards to the meat, you could treat the meat better when it's talking about Kiddushah. Yeah.
Why did Rav Yosef assume it was comparable in the first place? It's an interesting. We knew the day was the Tirchai Tera that doesn't exist on Tuesday. I don't know. What's that? Why is it still uh, everything still maintains Kiddushah with a moon. Just by, ko- by Hekdesh, you can do a Pidyon, by Bechor, you can't do a Pidyon. That's it. You all, it never loses its Kiddushah with a, with a moon. Never. Nothing. It's always still Kadosh. By, by Kodashim, by a, sacri- by a sacrificial animal, I then do a Pidyon, I can redeem it, and I take away the Kiddushah. But ultimately speaking, the Kiddushah is still there. The moon doesn't rid it, so to speak. In, in this Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi that this, this story, it's not, it's not domestic, and it's not purely commercial, agreed. And that's, by the way, as I mentioned briefly, that seems to be what underlies the Rabbi Yoshua assumption that when you're shokil, mana, keneged, mana, it's somewhere in the middle. It's not in your home, and it's not really in the marketplace. The marketplace, you do it in a normal... Here we're talking about dividing. Here we're talking about partners. But partners is... So that, that was the way the whole conversation with Jeffrey that we began the class with began yesterday. He said, where are they getting this meat from? What we'll see in a few lines from now is you're right. In a few lines from now, the Gemara is going to tell a story about Rabbi, who's the father of this Rabbi Shimon, and they were taking fish from his home. He had an estate. He was a very wealthy person. It might be the same case over here. I don't know. It's not clear if it's from a butcher or not, but it doesn't seem to matter, ultimately speaking. Rabbi Yoshua he wouldn't agree to the, to the Bechor? Perhaps, perhaps he wouldn't agree to Bechor, because by Bechor, the meat has a sanctity. And it might be considered Bizayon Kodashim, treating the meat like that, as opposed to Yom Tov the day. Alternatively, Iname. What about just the, the transaction? It wasn't just the meat, it was for the animal itself. Would, would that have a problem with money? Sorry, not the money. With a Bechor? Permitted, you want to know why isn't that a bizayon? I, I guess, I mean, you, you want to know just in general, which I guess is what Eli a little bit was asking, or someone was asking, how could you sell the bechorah at all? You're not weighing, you're determining the amount. Is that inappropriate? Seems, seems, seems they don't, uh, keep in mind, when you're gonna have to redeem it, you're gonna have to evaluate it as well. Evaluation apparently is not considered per se inappropriate. It's when you're handling it in a, in a commercial way, I guess. I guess that's and that's the, the preliminary the stage. Measuring the weighing connected to commercial is the problem, not why is it illegal? No, because, no, because one's transactional, by the way. The Jeffrey's way is transactional. If I trade money with you and get the money, that's just transactional. I have to do that in order to get something else. The other one is just pertaining to the actual needs. I, I got it. I got that they're different. different. His question, ultimately speaking, is why should transactional be permitted? I can also, explains Abaye to Rav Yosef, I can also deflect your comparison in the opposite way. I'll tell you that it's more stringent in our context before uh, It's possible that the Mishnah Masech Bechorot, when it permitted selling the meat, um, was because, uh, well, uh, selling the meat by putting mana keneged mana, that's not impinging on the day. Uh, so what if it looks like a weekday activity? There's no problem of weekday activities when I'm selling bechor. It's only an issue in how I handle the meat. Right? In other words, the point is, and this is really what Nathan said at the onset, the point is it's hard to, for us, 
to qualify and to determine was this action appropriate or not, especially when I'm dealing with two different types of contexts, the day sanctity or the mitzvah sanctity. Maybe over there it would be permitted by Bechor because it's not a weekday activity per se. It's not a weekday activity which is prohibited per se. But now a circumstance, it's not, it's, um, it's, it's two partners and they're taking their portions. Maybe that's a weekday activity. Look, it should not be permitted. Concludes the Gemara with no conclusion on this matter of Rabbi Hoshua, but it has a side point. It says, wait a second, let's just step, take a small step back and realize Rabbi Chiyan, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi, they were disagreeing about the meat. They felt they needed to carefully scale and weigh, you take your portion, I take my portion. We know they had a camaraderie, they had a friendship to the extent they never thought like that. You take what you need, I'll take what I need. It's just the Gemara is bothered by, I, I always found this fascinating, by the very notion that Rabbi Hiyan, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi needed to scale. You needed to scale? Yeah, they were best friends. They treated each other in ways you would never fathom that they would do that. Fascinating. Says the, Says the give. Oh, nice. Very nice. Very nice. Says, says, says Eli. Maybe they were scaling and weighing so that they didn't take more than the other. Fascinating. When it says Nathan, when it comes to money, nobody's. The Gemara will say different. Says the Gemara. Says the Gemara. That's right. You're on fire today. I'm, even, I'm giving you credit for things you didn't say. That's it. I'm bringing you back up. Says the Gemara. Kepeda means to have a uh, to, to have a, a certain care about something in a, in, a, in, a, in a serious fashion. Did they really have claims one against the other? Ahadade means one upon the other. They were makpid one upon the other. Veha, don't we know alternatively the type of relationship they had, even partnership? Veha hanahu shav binita. Don't we know there, there were those shav means seven, milashon sheva. Binita is a type of fish. There were seven pieces of fish. They came into the estate, the house of Rabbi. So there were seven pieces of fish, and for one reason or another, Bihyan, Bishimon, the son of Rabbi, had access to them, and they were going to go and divide them or take them. And they found, or it, it turned out, Ishtakah really means it was found, that five of those seven were in the home of Rabbi Hiya. You can only imagine Rabbi Shimon Rabbi. My father had seven delicious pieces of meat, and for some reason you have five of them? As we, we, we should be at least equal partners in this. You took so much more, I'm gonna get only two. And Rabbi Shimon Rabbi had no kepedot, he had no, no anger, no, no, no evil sentiment against Rabbi Hiya. You see, that's not the type of relationship. So the whole story the Gemara is suggesting is flawed. It doesn't make any sense. They wouldn't have had such a necessity to scale and weigh and make certain that your meat is the same as my meat. Says Gemara, you're right. That's a fascinating thing. You're right. It can't be that that was the right names in the story. We'll change the names. The story we know is so. We have to change the name. Amara Papa Shade Gavra Benayu. Rav Papa says Shade. Shade literally means to throw. You should throw. You should place Gavra person Benayu in between them. In other words, shift on one side either Bihya or on the other side Bishimon Berbi. I tell you a story about Morris and Alan. I say can't be. They're best friends. Well. So it's either not Morris, it's Sharon, or it's not Morris, it's Jeffrey. Like, 
I'm calling you Morris now. It's not Alan, it's Jeffrey. In other words, with switching the names, one of them, that's what it means, if it was the wrong name we mentioned, it was Rabbi Ishmael, wonderful rabbi, but didn't have the same relationship with Rabbi Shimon Rabbi as Rabbi Hiya. And uh, 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 said, you're either shifting, um, what's his name, Rabbi Shimon Rabbi for Rabbi Ishmael Rabbi Yosef, or you're shifting Rabbi Hiya for Bar Kapara. All right, that's the conclusion of this Gemara. Again, what we set forth are principles. We'll have to return to them in Daf Kaftet with regards to this Isur of Mishkalot and, uh, and, and Shi'urim on Shabbat and Yom Tov. And we talked uh, importantly about if it's Lidvar Mitzvah, how that's an exception according to Shohan Aruch and Siman Shin Vav. This next Mishnah, we'll briefly begin, talks about um, an, another activity on Yom Tov, which might or might not, depending on how you do it, be appropriate. Keep in mind, you're allowed to slaughter on Yom Tov. The preparation of food, of meat, is altogether permitted. The Torah says that you're allowed to prepare food on Yom Tov. That's what distinguishes Yom Tov from Shabbat. To what extent? How far do we go in our interpretation of the Torah that you're allowed to prepare food? If you recall, we talked about in this past Gemara and the other Gemara about weekday activity. Back to the uh, Joey Levy question. I'm preparing it for Shabbat, for Yom Tov, but it's a weekday fashion. Is that permitted still? Number one. Number two, Ovadin Dehol. Number two, what if it's not Ovadin Dehol, but it's removed from the act of preparation? The example in this Mishnah will present those two types of things. Number one, you're sharpening a knife might be considered weekday activity, according to the rabbis, might additionally or alternatively be considered too far removed. It's not the slaughtering, it's an act beforehand. It's what we call machshire ochil nefesh. It's just the preparing the preparation of the food. Maybe that's not permitted. We've mentioned more than once in Mahloka dispute, Rabbi Udan Chachamim on that matter, which will creep up again in this sugya. But let's at the very least read our Mishnah. It says the Mishnah, En mashhizin et hasakin biyom tob. You're not allowed to sharpen a knife, a butcher's knife, or any knife by extension, on Yom Tov. But I'm using it in order to slaughter, as we just mentioned, one of two rationale that can underlie this. Aval masi'ah al gabe haverta. But you're allowed to sharpen it if you take one knife and sharpen it with another knife. It sounds like you're not allowed to sharpen it in a fashion that you're using, we'll talk in the Gemara, but let's talk easily, a stone, a rock, in order to sharpen it. But you can if you're doing it in the less than regular fashion, one knife on another knife. Rashi, very briefly, just three words. Aval masia al gabe haverta says Rashi. Demeshane, if you did it a knife on a knife instead of a knife on a stone or a rock, demeshane, you're changing miderich hol from the weekday expression and fashion of doing this, and that in turn would be permitted. Says the Gemara, Amar Avuna lo shanu ela b'mashhezet shel even v'al mashhezet shel es mutar. In some way or another, Ravuna distinguishes. He has a further distinction. He says, you should know, the Isur, that in some way we just discussed, of sharpening is only relevant if you're using a stone, a rock sharpener. If you're using a wood one, well, then it's permitted. The Gemara will have a lot of conversation about how and when Rav Hunah said this. We'll, we'll suffice with Rashi for now. Mashhezet shel even, says Rashi, demetakenet le shapir. When you use a stone sharpener, it has a good fixing. It properly fixes and sharpens the knife. Demehaze ke metaken behol. It appears, it looks like, 
fixing something as you would do it during the weekday. The distinction of Rav Huna then between Evin and Eitz is the distinction between Avadim the whole or not. Baruch Adonai Amen, Amen.